0: welcome to uncooked a podcast serving up raw insights for marketers as we hear the unfiltered truth from industry experts brands and the target audiences we serve in their own words i'm your host jacqueline lieberman and today on uncooked i wanted to bring you a few cultural insights that have been swirling around in my head from reports that i've been reading lately my insights pertain to how the pandemic has affected our behaviors and expectations and really how brands should be responding to the shifts that we see happening around us. Like it or not, we're well on our way to being changed people. So let's dig in. While conducting discovery research for a project recently, I came across a report published by Ernst & Young from this past October 2020. And the focus of the report was about projecting one-year-out consumer behaviors and attitudes, They were basically trying to gauge how the pandemic will still impact our lives with regard to purchase. One thing to note, though, was that 55% of Americans thought the pandemic will still impact the way we live well into the fall 2021. I know that seems like forever, but I really tend to agree. In the EY report, they clustered global consumers into four buckets, and they called the first one hard hit by the pandemic but optimistic, representing 13%. And the bulk of the segments really fell into these two, which is one's called OK But Adapting at 30%, and the other is Struggling and Worried at 31%. Then there was this bucket called Unaffected and Unconcerned at 26%. I'd really love to meet those people. Anyway, no matter which bucket you fell into, they were all optimistic about the future to varying degrees. And it seemed the worst your situation was, the more optimistic that group reported to be. What that tells me is that when people are really struggling, they need to believe that things will get better. So from a marketing standpoint, we need to bear in mind that while the pandemic will still be weighing on us throughout this year, brand communication, we really need to focus on the positive byproducts of this whole collective experience. So let's talk about what those positive byproducts are exactly. For many of us, we've been really fortunate that the pandemic has been largely just inconvenient versus life-threatening. So for that pool of people lucky enough to only be inconvenienced, the pandemic has really given rise to hobbies, you know, and healthy habits. So everything from cooking and exercising and gardening and meditation, and for some reason, sourdough bread became a thing. But in a study that I read from the Cleveland Clinic, 62% of people reported making a significant healthier lifestyle change, and a whopping 87% said that they intend to keep the habits up. That's amazing. In both reports, what's both astonishing and encouraging was the high percentage of people around the globe who are reconsidering what's important to them. Think about that for a second. So, the, some of these stats that they threw down were, 78% said quarantine made them value their relationships. 65% said the pandemic has made them re-evaluate how they spend their time. And then finally, 58% said it's made them re-evaluate life goals. I mean, this is huge. EY reports a third of global consumers strongly agree with a suggestion that they will reappraise the things that they value most and not take certain things for granted. And really more than a quarter of them said that they would pay more attention to what they actually consume and what the impact of their consumption is. So maybe we'll see this shift to consumers becoming even more mindful than maybe they were before, not only in how they spend their time, but on the consequences of their buying choices. The pandemic has led everyone around the globe to the quote-unquote big re-examination. And there's two very human insights that are bubbling up for me around this phenomenon. The first is we've realized what's truly important in life and frankly, a little embarrassed to admit the things that we used to hold in high regard. Think about what's changed in a year in terms of your own routine habits. So they can range from the mundane of like no longer wearing work clothes, and getting that weekly manicure or the shoe shopping habit that you developed and had to give up, or to more impactful things like dialing back wasteful consumerism, not having a long daily commute. No longer will we accept not having a balance between our work life and home life after this experience. And now that we've realized what's really important to us, we might leave some of those relic behaviors behind. And here's the second one. The second human insight is we're more appreciative for what we have because we saw how quickly it could all change. I mean, we have this renewed appreciation for people, places, and things like we've never had before. We're collectively just bowing to never take for granted restaurants and servers and hugging people, shaking hands, going to concerts, even the in-person meetings that used to flood our calendars that we hated. We missed them, and even toilet paper was a thing. Post-pandemic life will leave us faced with deciding what do we want to remember and what do we want to forget about this experience. The data is showing that there's a lot of good that we need to remember, and this brings me to an article that I came across in The Economist. It was published last month with the ominous title, The Year When Everything Changed. The article starts by reminding us how the Roaring Twenties actually came to be, which was after World War I and the Spanish flu. It describes the Roaring Twenties as the decade of forward-looking, risk-taking in terms of social, industrial, and artistic novelty. And they were hinting maybe we're headed for a similar time. In the EY study mentioned before, 65% of people globally are eager to dust off their shopping habits post-pandemic. I've even seen the phrase, revenge shopping will take place when all people want to do are all the things that they couldn't do this year, but plan to do so with a vengeance. And as a brand strategist, I'm always looking at the flip side of the human insight so I can help solve client problems from all angles. Here's the breakdown in my head right now. If as humans, we've realized what's really important in life and are more appreciative because we've seen how quickly it can all change, the flip side, or the enemy as I call it, the enemy of this problem is forgetting. Forgetting all of this too quickly when we go back to normal. It's in our nature not to dwell and to keep moving forward, right? It's the American way. So does that mean that we're going back to being the people that we were in February 2020? Does wasteful consumerism come back? Do we re-enter the rat race and step over our neighbors in the process? Well, here's some good news. It looks like we'll emerge as better people, and a lot of it has to do with the younger generations are thrusting us forward in that direction anyway. Published research and articles are great, but I wanted to put an ear to the ground, so to speak, to find out the most important topics people are engaging in all over the internet. So I spoke with a representative from Talkwalker, which is a social intelligence platform. Here's a little context for what they do. My name is Raphael sternbach
1: I'm a marketing executive at Talkwalker. I create content and do other marketing functions for the Talkwalker team. So Talkwalker is a conversational intelligence platform. We use social listening, that's kind of our core product, to analyze thousands and millions of data points of social conversations, public conversations that are happening not just on social media but across the internet, on forums, on review sites. We have a global clientele, 2,000 or more brands, probably brands you have in your closet or in your pantry. They use us to find insights, find what the public is talking about, and deliver better products to them, both like consumer goods or, you know, just on social media itself. So that's what Talkwalker does.
0: I wanted Raphael's take on one of the top trends cited in Talkwalker's 2021 report to see what's bubbling up in the social stratosphere. And it was encouraging to find out the top trend was called the impact of a socially conscious audience. This was the top theme defined by social listening over a 13-month period, which is interesting to me because it includes pre-COVID sentiment as well as during. So the trend is really showing that it's clear in 2020 that younger generations, especially Gen Z, had an impact on brand behaviors, politics and society as a whole. The report encourages companies to engage more with, you know, what we would call sticky topics like mental health, inclusivity, and social justice, and if they don't, they face becoming irrelevant and potentially obsolete in 2021. So what's your take on this one being number one?
1: Brands that come in there tone deaf, it's completely unwanted. It feels intrusive, and brands just have to understand where their future consumers are coming from, what kind of space they're looking to cultivate in their own social media spheres, right? And it's so essential. There's so many great examples from this year as well of brands getting that message. So it's been really cool to watch. I think Ben & Jerry's is doing a great job, of course. Their response to the George Floyd protests showed that they understood the issues. They were not framing their response necessarily for how consumers would respond to it, but what they felt was the right thing to do. And those brand values, when they're able to shine through like that, it's the kind of thing it reverberates, it will keep going on.
0: Do you think every brand has a responsibility to respond to social justice issues? Or do you think that there are some brands that it might be worth it for them to sit out, perhaps?
1: I think that's a very good question. I don't think there's one right or wrong answer. I do think every brand has a responsibility to their employees to cultivate a productive space for them Do they feel comfortable to work. But do they have to communicate that message publicly? That's a separate question. I don't know. I think there are definitely brands that can set it out.
0: I think Raphael brings up an important point for brands who are on the fence for whether or not they have a role in any social conversation. I always say branding starts at home. Before you profess anything publicly, you need to be believable to your own employees. They're your first evangelist. Brands need to begin with an acknowledgement of the situation and then move to transparency around the steps that are being taken to address the issues within the work environment. While consumers expect it, it does take guts to profess your brand beliefs. So at the very least, your employees need to know where you stand. So in wrapping all of this up, these reports represented surveyed feedback and social listening from people all around us. And the main thing that they're telling us loud and clear is to speak to them in the context of the world around us right now. It's not about overtly making every brand communication a social point of view or stand, or even pandemic related. It just means as marketers, we need to go one layer deeper to find out what your consumers are feeling and use the brand as the vehicle to serve their needs. So for example, the data is telling us that people are finding positivity in this experience. So we need to reflect that back to them and acknowledge our experiences so they know that we see them at eye level. If consumers are feeling uncertain, can your brand make their life easier somehow in a big way or a small way? Brands are a living, breathing thing. And by definition, it's how people connect with your company is through your brand. Brands that don't project any humanity or depth, they run the risk of raising suspicion firstly, and then it's quickly followed by irrelevance. And finally, brands can't ignore this phenomenon that we're all in, in this life reevaluation phase. Around the globe, we are reappraising what is truly important to us. This is huge. It doesn't look like that we're going back to the world of vapid celebrity influencers and the look at me culture that we were once in. We may be headed to a place that is more discerning, discerning in how we spend our money and with whom we spend our precious time. This has been an episode of Uncooked. I'm Jacqueline Lieberman, founder and chief strategist at Brand Crudo, a marketing consultancy. If you need help applying these insights to your 2021 communication strategy, you can find me at brandcrudo.com. I want to thank Raphael sternbach Lenore from Talkwalker for weighing in on upcoming trends. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this episode. It's the only way the podcast reaches new people. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.